Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome back to Travel Talks, episode 35. And I'm almost semi, not ashamed, but I'm semi <laughs> reluctant to say that it's been a month since our last upload. It's been, it's been a long time. I mean, we took a well-earned break. We went how, however many episodes, 20 episodes. It was a long, long time without missing a single week. And then we went and missed four in a row. But we're back. We're back. And uh, we're not going to be off for a month after this. I promise you that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and for good purpose, I'll add though, because we weren't just off doing nothing Mm. we were off traveling so we've got some very crucial data some first-hand experience can we call this like a research mission yeah exactly yeah (laughs) so but both alex and i've been away to very different locations uh very different styles of travel so we'll feed back on that um should be really interesting and hopefully some little tidbits of information there to help anyone who's planning summer trips Mm. between our last few weeks we've actually covered quite a lot of areas that could be of interest to people yeah i've been away i went away to spain for those of you who don't know which at the time is still an amber list country so i know all about the procedures of going to an amber list country which i'm going to give you the details of is it worth doing is it worth the money is it worth the hassle the admin i'll get that uh all broken down for you to let you know and inform you so you can make that decision for yourselves as well. What, what have you been up to this one? I've had two types of travel. So first mm. was work travel, where I actually went to Mexico mm, um, nice. with Formula E. And what's interesting around that, it was the first long haul travel I've done since the pandemic. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I'll share my experiences there because there are some very, very interesting takeaways. Okay, nice. To long haul travel that is really worth considering if you're thinking about it, work or leisure. But before we get into that, I want to go back and pick up on our last episode because we did mm. something that we hadn't done before, which is, I, I loved it actually. It's really yeah, cool. Yeah, it was really good fun. And some of the feedback we've got as well, that the listeners liked it as well, which was we went over the Euro 2020 countries and ranked them as destinations as opposed to football teams. It was interesting enough when we did it. What was even more mm. interesting was the listener response and their own version of that tournament. Yeah, it was awesome. So we, we put together, for those of you who don't know, we made an Instagram story tournament in the format using uh, polls. And we let you guys decide head to head each time which country would win and then progress to the next round and so on and so on until we found our ultimate winner. And let's reveal that now. The winner that you guys chose for that tournament was Italy, which is, of course the exact same as what we chose. So that's quite interesting. It it means that, yeah, so as we made the right choice. Yeah, I mean, it's a strong contender. But mm. what I did find interesting, although the final result was the same, there was quite mm. a lot of differences along the way, along the journey to get to that final, which I thought, quite, actually, some that really surprised me. Yeah. I mean, like, let's go over a few of the, let's say, most notable differences. Um, 
the fact that Austria beat Turkey in the quarterfinals, that's pretty huge. Yeah, we, we had Turkey, didn't we? All, all the way to progress until the semi-finals. We were listing off such uh, things as like a massive English tourist destination. We've both had great holidays there, which of course influences us to rank it slightly higher than perhaps Austria. But yeah, Austria made it all the way to the final. I was wondering, as I was making the graphics, I wonder how much the, the photo that I chose of the country influenced the decision. of Because uh, obviously, whilst you're on Instagram, you're flicking through it quite simply. It can be that maybe you just choose the nicer photo. But That's an interesting theory. You might be on something there. I would mm. like to think that the Travel Talks listeners would <laughs> go in with as much you know uh, detail and thought process that we had. Um, <laughs> Or maybe there's just a really big Austria contingent that listen to the podcast. Yes, maybe, <laughs> maybe. I was surprised as well, Saunders. You, you had France. You wanted it to get all the way to the final. And I had to use my veto to stop it from doing so. And actually, in this, it lost to uh, Switzerland in the first round of the competition, the round of 16, which really surprised me, I'll say. You know, we made that joke at the end of the podcast where we said it would be interesting to see if we actually reflect the football results based on our destination choices. Some of them actually did. (laughs) (laughs) No, I was so surprised by that. Seeing France lose to Switzerland, it was like exactly how, how, you know, we played it out. Um, Mm. And then seeing, you know, Italy obviously are still progressing in the tournament. Well, Mm. by the time this goes out, we'll know how well they progressed. That's so true. By the time this goes out, we'll know if football did indeed come home. And yeah, that makes me quite (laughs) nervous to be honest. But Croatia and our one got to the final. Let's move on to the next point. Croatia got to the final. Did that surprise you, Saunders? You had them quite highly ranked, didn't you? I did have them highly ranked, but as the poll was going on, seeing the sort of percentage sway they were getting each round, Mm. I was like, okay, interesting. Because I think one of the rounds they quite comfortably beat, was it Spain? Uh, yeah, they beat Spain. They beat Spain in the quarterfinals and they beat Portugal in the round of 16. So they had a really tough run to get to the to all the way to the final. Yeah, I thought that was quite surprising. Um, but kudos to Croatia it is a decent destination and clearly mm-hmm. the uh, the listeners think so. We also put out a an Instagram poll after that asking what people's favourite countries were. We wanted to find out some stories and we got some good comments back as well. There was one comment in particular from uh, Socrates Constantinides. I'm going to go with that. I'm really sorry, Socrates. He, he always comments on our stuff and he's clearly a massive fan. So I'm really, really sorry if I said your name wrong, mate. Uh, he said... Portugal was his favourite country. It has to be Portugal. It was his first long solo experience and it was absolutely class. The people, the sights, the cities, the football and of course the food. He could eat pastel donatas all day, every day. I'm sure everyone knows, but small little custard tarts are absolutely amazing. Uh, And his highlight was Sintra, Braga and Porto. Sintra, if you cast your mind all the way back to one of the first episodes that we did of this, Sintra was my uh, underrated place a little place on the outskirts of Lisbon. So it's nice to hear it again, another mention there. Braga as well is uh, his favourite hidden gem in the entire of Europe. I wanted to ask you, Saunders, off the back of that, do you have a hidden gem, a place that you really, really like, but perhaps no one else speaks about as much? I mean, there's definitely some places that I've been to that I've thought, oh, this isn't in the books as much as it should be, or this isn't Mm. talked about as much as it should be. Um, Most recently, a place in Cornwall, which I'll get onto in a little bit in a minute when we talk about uh, our recent travels. Um, Mm. Spain has a few, like, I don't know if you would say Seville is a hidden gem, but it's not often Mm. the the place that people jump to as a destination when they go to Spain, but Mm. I love it. I think it's a great place. But um, also Matera in Italy. 
Oh, I've seen you take some nice photos from there, haven't I? Yeah, I mean, it's an amazing place. It's like the most ridiculous history when you go there. Mm. Like you're walking around these kind of med- really medieval feeling um, Italian towns. Everything's made of like the same limestone. So it just has mm. this really cool characteristic look. All the all of the brilliance of Italian culture mixed in with the way it looks. is, And it's yeah not too far from the coast as well. So yeah, no, it's good. I'd say there. How about you? There were a few, to be honest. I, like, I spent a lot of time in France uh, for Euro 2016 for work. Mm. And traveling around a country in that way, it kind of makes you discover places which necessarily you wouldn't directly go to, but you're kind of there as a stop off. You were there for one day. I had a great, great time in Bordeaux in France. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I absolutely love Nice. I mean, it's not typically a hidden gem. It's quite a popular uh, travel destination, but don't really hear about it spoken about too much in terms of a holiday destination for an English tourist. So Nice was definitely my favorite place from the entire trip. So I, I would, I'd rank that probably the first one that comes to mind i'd say was nice another comment we got after the call to action was from darren speck of course who we know very well on the podcast Mm. Uh, he said czech republic now he loves italy obviously which was the fan winner of the tournament but i think one of the best places is czech republic i'm not talking about prague which is beautiful but the whole country the little towns and villages with their own style and subcultures the people are so nice and friendly, a great place to cycle tour and explore with lots of areas rarely visited by lots of tourists. That's some good advice. Mm. Um, that makes me want to explore more of Czech Republic. Right. Should we get on to talking about these recent travels, mate? Because there are some interesting points to get to and some I think will be super useful. For sure. It was almost disastrous to me because if I had got that text message, that would have meant missing my whole Cornwall holiday. Wow. 
says nine pounds for Ryanair. And you're like, this is amazing. And then you go on and they're like, do you want to sit down on the flight? That's an extra 40 pounds. Do you want the option to use the toilet? Yeah. Cornwall could not have been more undersold. It really, is unbelievable, really, okay. mate. Explore, take on life experience, whatever that is, and let that be through travels. It might be different forms. It might not be how you're used to, but there's opportunity to go and explore new places and it feels bloody amazing. So, mate, well, I want to start off with you. You've been to, like you said, a couple of places recently, Mexico, first long haul trip that you've done in quite a while but Cornwall as well a holiday destination which I'm sure loads of people are going to be having their eye on this summer so what do you want to start us off with I'll just kind of breathe through Mexico because it was a work trip mm. so as I said in the intro it was the first long haul travel I've done since the pandemic um, and what's what was different about it is up until then all all of the flights this year that I'd gone to Formula E races had been on like a Formula E chartered plane Mm. So it's like it's just like just like any other flight, but there was only Formula E people on board, basically. Um, but this time it wasn't; it was in a normal commercial flight. So with that, mm. you obviously have the idea of there being increased risk, especially when the flights are like ten hours long. It was interesting seeing the different rules in Mexico. There's a lot of mask wearing in Mexico. But what was particularly interesting is because Mexico are a little bit behind on their vaccination process. Obviously, there's way more people there. So um, because of that, it's way harder to avoid contracting the virus when mm. you're there so that was a constant concern in my head even though we were in a bubble but there were still positive cases within the formula e paddock wow. as we were there so imagine that you're in a bubble in like a you know within a compound and just going hotel compound hotel compound really strict and still yeah. there are positive cases and that comes yes. from like you know people serving food in the hotels but what i think is very relevant though for anyone thinking about long-haul travel or that's doing it is the idea of what is now being referred to, especially within our little work group, as being pinged, mm. which essentially means getting the text that says you've been in contact with someone who's possessive positive and you need to isolate. And it happened to hundreds of people. Wow, really? On the return <sighs> flights. Yeah. Uh, I guess it's because of, you know, even though you have to have a, a negative test to get on the flight, mm. it was the day two tests were coming back positive and they were basically just blanketing like the whole planes. Did you get stuck by that? I very, very luckily didn't. I have some colleagues that did, but I didn't. And I, I don't actually know why, because I had all the app and everything like that. I wondered mm. is because I actually upgraded myself on the flight. So I moved from the back to the front of the plane. Okay. I'm wondering if the distance from that person actually came into yeah. account because I had all my app and my Bluetooth on and stuff. They actually knew that I never came in contact with them. What an upgrade that was then. Yeah, I mean, it was only to premium economy. It wasn't business and mm. not, that, not that much of a baller. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I wondered if that was the case because it affected loads of people. And even the people that had paid for the test to release five days mm. after getting back still had to isolate for the full 10. <sighs> so like, you're not just, you're just, that's just throwing money away mm. and you can't do anything about it, really. It was almost disastrous to me because if I had got that text message, that would have meant missing my whole Cornwall holiday. Oh, Wow. That's the catastrophic like knock-on effect of these things. It feels like impossible to plan anything nowadays because you can just get that ping any moment and then all of your plans for the next 10 days are just, yeah, chucked out the window. Lucky though, mate, really, really lucky. Yeah, that is just one of the risks of flying at the moment. And I think long-haul flights as well. You just Maybe you're increasing the risk depending on where you're going to and stuff. But mm. yeah, anyway, luckily I didn't get pinged and I got to go to Cornwall. And let me just say, mate, 
Mm. What a place. Oh really? my God. I feel like all of the things we've been doing in, few, in recent episodes, you know, like ranking UK destinations, yeah, yeah, yeah. summer destinations, whatever. Cornwall could not have been more undersold. It really, is unbelievable, really, okay. mate. Where did we have it? I'm trying to think where we put it in the tier list. I think we put it in like highly recommended, but would you move all the way up to like bucket list? Highly recommended might be where it deserves to be. I might just be on like a holiday vibe that I kind yeah, of want yeah, to yeah. keep it in there. But um, especially for considering England's success in our Euros destination yeah. thing, like it's mm. like being in the Mediterranean location. Like honestly, that we, we were lucky. Glorious weather. The coastline is just breathtaking and the waters mm. are literally transparent. That's so cool. Like I felt like I could have been in a like Balearic Island the whole time. Mm. Did you get some nice weather then? A couple of kind of semi overclass days, but every day had some sun. It's exactly what you want. But that, that's kind of the risk, I suppose, of, of holidaying in the UK. If you can guarantee yourself that weather, then I bet every single place that's on the coast, obviously Cornwall's amazing, but if you imagine... Pembrokeshire and like we said Dorset and Norfolk all of those places would be absolutely amazing to go if you could guarantee the weather but yeah mm. I mean Cornwall has a sort of microclimate where to mm. the point where they say like you can't look at a weather forecast in Cornwall your weather forecast is looking <laughs> out the window because it can change so quickly or it can be so different from what that was expected so maybe we got really really lucky but you know all of that tied together made it such such a good trip. We, I'll talk you through a little bit about what we did because we didn't yeah, stay in it. hotels or anything like that. We um, picked up a camper van, jumping through different places in Cornwall um, and uh, staying in different campsites, that sort of thing. So mm. as an alternative uh, way of you know, having a holiday, it was really good because to give you an idea of the cost, we paid mm. sort of just over, just under £600 uh, for the camper van for six days kind of works up at about you know just under 100 pound a night but that does include the transport as well because we were yeah, using exactly. the van to get to every weight it was also the place where we were cooking food mm. like it held all our stuff so you weren't limited to what you can bring basically like we had there's one point where we'd go to the beach we'd come back from the beach knowing we had a dinner reservation and then we mm. could change in the van in the car park and then go to dinner that's really, yeah, that's amazing. I suppose, yeah, there's so many elements to it that you can't just price it up as the accommodation or the higher car. It's just everything all combined. So £600, it sounds like a bargain, to be honest. Yeah, and it's a really interesting way of doing it. Campsites like take some getting used to. Like If you like luxury travel, campsites might mm. not be for you because it's, you know, like yeah. shared showers or shared shower accommodation, shared toilets, that, door, that sort of thing. Um, but they're always in quite nice locations in terms of, you know, by the coast or rural and they're easy to get get around. They're sort of around 15 to £30 pound a night okay, okay. Per, per car. So yep. like you say you've got a camper van with between two to four people, depending on the size. It's pretty yep. cheap. Yeah, that is really cheap. And you have all your facilities there. Like you have electric, electric hookup as well. So you can use all the plugs and stuff in the camper. You can yeah, have fresh water and get disposable waste, whatever you need, that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, it's an interesting way of doing it. But a couple of things, words of advice maybe, or little yeah. tricks and tips that we picked up while we were there. Most accommodation outside of the campsites are like lettings and you know hotels and stuff. Mm. Often work on like a Friday to Friday sort of basis. Okay. And because the roads in and out of Cornwall are pretty basic, there's like one main road that goes through the whole thing and then mm -hmm. loads of little countryside roads where a lot of the time it's like one one way traffic. So you are stopping oh. in laybys, letting people overtake, that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a result, some people say it can take hours to get in and out of Cornwall to the point oh. where the, someone left the day before we did and it took them 10 hours to get home oh from Cornwall God. to the Midlands. 
we left uh, in the middle of the day the next day and were out of Cornwall within an hour and a half. <sighs> that is, yeah, that's mad. How do you find driving the camper van? Uh, we had like a T5 VW camper, which is like the textbook mm. camper. Nice. Um, I want to see some photos of this. Sounds good. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll show you something. We can even post them maybe if you want. Um, yeah, which was e- really easy to drive. It was short wheelbase. So it's just like it's bigger and like, you know, a bit more noisy than I'm used to because it was going back yeah, to yeah. diesel as opposed to uh, electric. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it was really easy to drive. So I don't think you need to be an amazing driver or like experienced in driving big vans or lorries to get a camper. You'd actually have no problem doing it. And so many people are doing it down there. There's kind mm. of like a a mutual understanding of each other on the road (laughs) you see someone else struggling and you're like yep we're in this together but yeah i would say if you can break the mold of friday to friday you'll save yourself a lot of trouble talk to me about some highlights then because we spoke about cornwall didn't we in depth uh and kind of picked up some places of course that we'd been to but equally that other people recommended so after going where where did you go first of all so our itinerary we we sort of had a loose guide and tried to hit as many things as we could Mm. but uh starting off kind of on the the north coast of Cornwall going mm. and then doing the south coast kind of on the second half of the week. Cool. So north coast, we did Padstow, which is like a really cool um, seaside town. If you're into your food and into your kind of chefs, Rick, that's where mm. Rick Stein's from. Okay, cool. Nice. Then we went to a few places like uh, natural landmarks. So really yeah. cool coast, big rock formations, you know, co- seaside areas, that sort of thing. Did some surfing in St. Ives, did oh, some awesome. kayaking in a place called St. Agnes. Uh, and all of it is just like these tiny little quaint seaside towns mm. they just have like this really great vibe like really it's a really nice place to go like everyone's really friendly there's mm. cool food there the way of life just feels really relaxed and chilled yeah, yeah, yeah. one place we went to we we've did some research and found out about this place called nanjizzle beach okay uh, now as well as having it. a funny name it's <laughs> uh, basically like this not so secret beach in Cornwall where mm. you can't get there by driving there or there's no bus routes or trains or anything. You have to basically park at Land's End or at this other place, the other side of it, but both involve a half an hour walk Okay, on the coastal path, which is this huge coastal path which goes around the whole of Cornwall. It's really worth the, the effort. It's worth the walk. The walk's amazing in itself, but when you get there, it's just this quite small beach um, and like pebble, pebbles and really nice sand, but then like the most blue water, like, <sighs> you know, turquoise blue. And there's little bits where there's like caves in the rock so you can swim into the water and kind of swim through these little caves. It sounds like a hidden gem that to me. Obviously, we spoke about hidden gems earlier on the podcast. Is that like a hidden gem from the entire holiday that you had? I would say so, because when we got there, it was really quiet as well. There's only about four people on there. And then as mm. the day went on, I think more people were starting the walk and getting there. So mm. it got a little busier. But when I say busier, I don't think at any point there were more than 20 people on the whole beach. Nice. I was going to ask as well, obviously, loads of people in the UK are staying in the UK and having staycations this year. Would you say it was busier there than you would have anticipated or less so? It's hard to say because it felt like it was appropriately busy for the, mm. the situation, right? It should have been quiet, but it didn't feel too busy. Mm. Certain places like St. Ives with a big beach and a lot of activities were quite busy beaches. But in terms mm. of all that, the little towns we went to and things like that, we didn't really, really have a problem. I'd say anyone doing it, though, it's definitely worth planning ahead and booking in any campsites or accommodation like early doors because they do go quite quick. It's worth getting yourself booked in early, but it's oh, I can't recommend it enough, mate. I really can't. No, I'm buzzing for you, mate. I'm glad you had such a good holiday. It sounds absolutely amazing. But yeah, tell me about your holiday because, you know, you went abroad. This is a different thing. I know. Like, 
I want to know how it, how first of all how the travel was or how the pre-travel was, and then I want to hear about the holiday. Yeah, it, it was it was absolutely amazing. It was just absolutely well worth uh, the extra eff, uh, the extra money. Obviously, we spoke about our perceptions on what it would be like to go to an amber country, and I was quite strong in everything I was saying. I was like, "Oh, it's not worth the extra money. It's going to feel like work. It's going to be hard to uh, forget about all the tests and all the stress of the results whilst you're there." But to be honest, I would say it did really feel like a normal holiday. Okay. I know there were some extra tests. There were some extra things you had to do and think about. But when you're there, a week abroad, a week on holiday, relaxing, goes quite slowly, I find. So although you do have to do a test before you fly home, you're not thinking about that on day one, two, three, four, five, six. You kind of you approach that when you need to, and you park it to the back of your mind. So I would say anyone who's considering going abroad and is thinking about the fact that the tests are going to put them off, I would say put that to the back of your mind and just try and enjoy it for what it is because it was absolutely well worth going. And to be honest, it was just so much easier than I thought it would be because we spoke about it before about the fact that it's really hard to find uh, kind of an article or, or one piece of uh, information online which tells you exactly what you need to do all the information do this then this then this uh, there was like nowhere online to find a checklist but it was so so easy like we did a pcr test before we flew which had to be done 72 hours uh, before we flew got the results back from that and we uploaded those to uh, an online form and then basically all we had to do when we arrived at the check-in for our flight was show them the form and then they gave us a slip to prove that we were fit to fly, essentially. And we got on the plane, no issues, handed the uh, slip in to make it a bit quicker. Landed in Spain, went straight through passport control, no issues. Again, just show them the fit to fly certificate. And then when you get through, there's uh, essentially like a temperature gauge where they're scanning how warm you are. If you've got a fever, you'll come up with a red flag and they'll pull you to one side. But obviously, if you're fine, you, you blitz straight through and then you're out the other side. And you, it's absolutely normal like it would have been any other time. Of course, you're wearing your mask. And that's like you said in Mexico, Spain's quite big on mask wearing. So anytime you're out and about, they like you to wear a mask. That didn't put me off at all because I feel like mask wearing has become such a part of everyday life that mm -hmm. you can kind of put up with it for a walk between here and there. And then, of course, we're so used to wearing masks now in shops and stuff. It's just, it's become a part of daily life. But yeah, like I say, just absolutely worth it to run you through some costs about how much it costs as well. Yeah, I'm keen to hear about this because this is going to be a, a point that people are going to be interested in. Like, How much did it all cost? So for us, it cost a grand total of £280 per person just for the tests. Interesting. So to give you yeah, a, a real honest opinion on that, if we didn't get uh, such a good price on the accommodation, then I think the test price could have been uh, a turning point for us in going away. But luckily, we got a good price. And we actually, of course, of course you do. You fly Ryanair. The the flights are a bit cheaper. I think our flight, you know, when you go on Skyscanner, it said the price of the flight, it says £9 for Ryanair. And you're like, this is amazing. And then you go on and they're like, do you want to sit down on the flight? That's an extra £40. <laughs> do you want the option <laughs> so, to use the toilet? Yeah. You'll get, yeah, you're going for a week. Do you want anything bigger than the, a pack of cards to carry all your luggage in? All right, that's going to be an extra 40 quid. So I think the flights were like £100 per person after all the extra pieces. So all in all, the holiday, 
I would say came to a, a fairly normal price. Whilst it's a little bit more expensive to get there, if you're going to be spending a week away from work and you're going to be going on holiday in the UK and you're going to be eating in nice restaurants and kind of doing all these tourist attractions and stuff, that that's going to cost extra. So in terms of spending money, we may have saved uh, spending money on what we would have done if we went on holiday in the UK. So whilst we spent a little bit extra on the test or a lot of money on the test, we might have recouped some of that in in the lower prices of food and stuff. Yeah, well, okay. So that, what did you say, £280 odd test-wise. Mm. What did that include? So for us, and I've got to flag as well, right now, I, I looked on the Randox website beforehand to get an up-to-date price, and it's £172 at the moment for all of the tests you need to travel to an ambulance country. And those tests are a, a pre-departure test, which is a, pre, a PCR test you do in the UK, like I say, 72 hours before you fly. You do a um, lateral flow test in Spain. Once you come back into the UK, you do a day two test, a PCR test. Uh, you do a day eight test. And then I've I've included in that a day five test because mm-hmm. if you don't do the day five test release, you uh, have to isolate for 10 days, which for me is, is just not worth the extra. I think it's like an extra 40 pounds to do the day five test. So 40 pounds to come out of quarantine five days earlier is just value for money to me. Mm-hmm. So £172 is the current price for that. And that's that's everything that that includes. So that's like manageable. But again, like we said in a previous episode, if you're going with a family of five, mm. that's a considerable cost. Definitely, definitely. Like every single person who has who's going on a holiday has to essentially be able to front their own tests, I would say, to make it worthwhile. Because to pay for numerous tests, uh, like you say, in a family situation, it's going to rack up to near on a thousand pound if you've got a family of five for all of the tests. So yeah, definitely, definitely going to be a sticking point. Also, I think we're both quite lucky in the fact that, to a degree, we can work remotely when we get mm, back. So those five, even definitely. if you pay for the test to release, those five days aren't you know too bad. But there are a lot of people that need to be out and about for their job. So mm. I guess for you, it sounds like the holiday was worth the quarantine time. But yeah. if that means you can't work for five days afterwards, or maybe your kids can't go to school or things like that, mm. you know, it is interesting. Yeah, it was, I would say, definitely worth the five-day quarantine. It does feel a little bit hard to go from living in a great life, relaxing in Spain, to coming back and essentially be imprisoned in your own flat. Like you say, I'm very lucky to be able to work from home and like have, have a working situation which allows that kind of flexibility. Uh, but yeah, anyone who anyone who can't do that, I totally understand the fact that if you had to book an extra week's worth of holiday just to sit around your house, it's it's not definitely not as exciting. Well, the good news is is that since since then there's been more countries added to the green list, and now you've got all of the mm. Balearic Islands. So essentially, it's like a Spanish holiday or a Mediterranean holiday yeah, in places like Mallorca and Ibiza. So you can do a lot of that without having to do the quarantine. So. There is there are opportunity now for people to do that. But what I want to ask you is like, what did you get up to? Because this is your first time abroad in quite a long time. Uh, I've been abroad for work, but not as a, an actual holiday. Well, how did you find it? It kind of felt like it was um, a weight lifted off my shoulders. I can't lie to you because I used to go away. I would say probably every other month on some sort of holiday and to not to have not been away abroad for 18 months was a kind of it's a bugbear and to be to be honest like speaking to people every single week like we do on the podcast and hearing all these amazing tales about what people have been up to all it does is stoke the fire mm-hmm. and make you want to go away more so to have that for a year essentially and then to not be able to go away was quite difficult but 
it feels like a weight's been lifted. And now, now that I've been away and experienced what it's been like uh, to go on holiday again, it's amazing. And in terms of stuff that we got up to, it was it was a very relaxed holiday. We were just taking time off work, and especially after the year everyone's had, it was kind of like let's just relax and like fully recharge so there were a lot of pool days and then going out for nice meals in the evening we went to a nice flamenco restaurant where they had like flamenco performances whilst you're eating which is really nice but then there's days where we went off and did a bit of exploring like went on this amazing dried up riverbed walk it was in a place called rio seco and yeah like it like i said it's a a riverbed which is completely dried up and it was really really deep maybe a hundred foot the walls of this riverbed and obviously the water had eroded the walls of the riverbed away kind of leaving these almost almost grand canyon like formations in in the walls of the riverbed and yeah it was really really nice to walk through there and obviously blazing hot and then at the end of it, of course, go have a nice drink. And it's just great to be abroad. So, so glad I did it. So all of that in mind, all the all the costs, the isolation, what you got up to, everything like that, would you recommend it? I definitely would. I'd say if possible, like we mentioned about the uh, green list countries that have come up. And of course, they'll change all the time. I would say look at the green list countries and the Balearic Islands coming on it just stands out to me. Like, like when Portugal was on initially as like the, the one that people will flood to go to the Balearic Islands because that will be absolutely amazing and it will be a lot less stress in terms of the extra tests you've got to do and a lot cheaper as well. Like the green list test packages only cost £86 and that includes, of course, um, the fact that you don't have to isolate for the long period at the end of it. You don't have to isolate at all, actually, sorry. You do a test on day two but you don't have to isolate at all when you come back, which obviously changes everything. It allows everyone in the country to be able to go, uh, regardless of what everyone does for work. So definitely look into that and take the plunge. Don't worry about the fact that it's the unknown because have me reassuring you now, to, uh, it was very easy. It was a lot easier than I anticipated. And I would say do it because you will not regret it once you've done it for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to be the Captain Killjoy because I think that I think <laughs> I completely bought into it and you've definitely actually made me feel a bit more comfortable with the idea of going away for holiday. Um, but I still have that worry about the the ping. Having mm, seen how bad that affected like hundreds of people, like uh, who mm. uh, colleagues I work with um, and how close like, I could have been to missing out on an actual holiday. I'm just thinking mm. like, what if I've got like, you know, the the job opportunity of a lifetime or like a great shoot coming up or something. And then, you know, I come back yeah. from holiday and get pinged and I have to tell them I can't do it. You know, the risks now are just it's so much to think about, but I'm really that glad is. that you had a good experience because I think that's like, mm. can definitely set almost like a semi precedent now that there is like a level of worry that doesn't really need to exist. Uh, especially mm. as things, you know, like we've got coming up, you know, hopefully some more countries being added to the green list. And then there's the mm. plans coming up towards, you know, later in the summer where anyone that's been double jabs won't have to isolate on return. So that like basically yeah. opens up all of the amber countries. It's a game changer. It's an absolute game changer. Everyone will be so much more confident to travel. And I think yeah, once people are traveling more and there's these like, like the stories I'm telling and once it's someone you trust, like a family member who comes back and wholeheartedly says it was so easy, it was absolutely fine. Then those kind of people uh, reassuring you will encourage more people to travel. So, And it's hard to say, but I do think we'll get back to normal travel by the end of the year. So fingers crossed, touch word, all of that. But um, yeah, it fills me with a bit more confidence. So there we go. A little bit of a different episode because we were just kind of like talking through some of our recent experiences. But 
mm. I think there's some useful information there for people and especially mm. you know hearing about how successful your trip was as well that hopefully will give people the confidence to start looking and experimenting with travel again and uh you know seeing what they can get up to this summer yeah i've enjoyed it mate essentially we we've uh called for a little catch-up and we've, we've called it a podcast it's good for the listeners as well though hopefully because you know we haven't been <laughs> here for a month so they've caught up with us uh what we've been up to and passing on some advice from what we've been doing um again also like i think we've we've ticked two pretty big boxes in my opinion because we've ticked the mm. box that we just said about you know giving comfort to travel again but also ticks another box for if you don't want to travel and you're from the UK. Yeah. Cornwall is amazing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think the overriding message is just explore, take on life experience, whatever that is, and let that be through travel. So if you, like you say, if you don't want to go abroad, then there's so many places in the UK and whatever you can book, take some time off work, explore, make some memories. And then like, likewise, if you are happy to go abroad, then do it because it's worth the risk so it's nice to be talking positively about travel again because it's it's been a little while i'd say absolutely travel is well and truly back on the table it might be different forms it might not be how you're used to but there's opportunity to go and explore new places try new things meet new people uh all Mm. the great things about travel they're back available to us and it feels bloody amazing (laughs) It's been so nice to be back, guys, back talking to you, and we'll be back next Monday with another episode for you. See you then. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.